Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us on Two Middle-Aged Men and Their Top Ten. I'm John. And I'm Scott. Please check out our social media where you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all with the same handle, at 2MAM Top 10. That's at the number 2MAMTOPTEN. If you'd like to subscribe or follow our show, you can find us on Anchor and Spotify the easiest. We're also on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other places where you find podcasts. Please follow, rate, and review, and let us know what types of lists you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Full disclosure, our current to-do list is over 375 items long, but it doesn't mean they're all good ideas. What's your favorite genre of movie? What's your favorite year in movies? Who's your favorite actor or actress? There's nothing we won't talk about that's movie related. Now let's get on with the show where we are finishing up our top 10 movies from 2002. In this episode, we are counting down our five through one picks. And... Uh, we ended the first episode with I don't know if that's where it ended, but you had stolen Blade 2 yes, from me, yes, which was yeah. that's where it ended, yeah. My number three. Well my number five is also a comic book movie. And it is Spider-Man. Nice. A 7.4 on IMDb. <clears throat> Tomato meter, 90%, with an audience score of 67%, and a meta score of 73. Directed by Sam Raimi, based on comic book character created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, with screenplay written by David Cope. The film stars Toby Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, Willem Dafoe, James Franco, Cliff Robertson, Rosemary Harris, J.K. Simmons, and Joe Mangliano. That's not how you pronounce his name, but I'm going to keep it. <laughs> It's close enough. I was thinking, no, I'm not sure exactly either, but. All right. Uh, most people know this, so I'm going to go with the shorter synopsis. Uh, after being bitten by a genetically modified spider, a shy teenager gains spider-like abilities that he uses to fight injustice as a masked superhero and face a vengeful enemy. And let's see. The... Let's see what the... 
critics have said. So Spider-Man 2 comes slightly higher um, on Rotten Tomatoes and probably everywhere else, too. Yeah. But the critics' consensus, consensus was not only does Spider-Man provide a good dose of web-swinging fun, it also has a heart thanks to the combined charms of director Sam Raimi and star Tobey Maguire. So I don't. I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, for any reason. I mean, Spider-Man Two is probably one of the greatest comic book movies. Yeah. And we wouldn't have that if we had not Spider-Man. Right. A good setup, a good... um, Introduction. Introduction, yeah. So, Toby... I I, I think it's kind of like when you ask people about Batman, there's a, a large group of people who say Michael Keaton. Yeah. For um, different reasons, one, you know, that's who they grew up with, or he does well. He's he's probably the best Bruce Wayne. Um. And Toby, other than. The, the thing that it doesn't happen as much now, but you know, he was clearly 50 years old when he was playing a teenager. Yeah. Um, which everybody was at that point in time. I think Tom Holland was the first teenager to ever play Spider Man. Yeah. But, um, I like Toby's Peter Parker, and I like Toby's Spider-Man. Um, there's uh, a scene in the movie where uh, MJ slips and her food goes up, and that was shot without special effects. Like, he caught everything on the board as it's shown in the movie. Of course, you know, 50 takes or whatever it was, but he did that in real time, in real life. I think yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah. And the J. Jonah Jameson from this movie is still J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> all this time later, 20 years later. So, well, in fact, Tobey Maguire, too, who got to come back. Yeah. And someone, because of the whole Twitter kerfuffle that's currently happening, someone came on and and um, announced, quote-unquote, announced Spider-Man 4 
with Toby and Sony or someone had to come forward and say, hey, that's not real. That's fake. Which, that I mean, that stinks. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see like an old man Toby, like yeah. Logan. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if I was if I made this list back in 2002, this would easily have been in my top 10. Um, and now it 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 falls at 19. Uh, and it and again, my backups are kind of random, so it's not really, you know, um, you know, that's how I don't feel like it's 19. It's the 19th, whatever. But anyway, um, but yeah, I, I mean, this was this was really the first serious like comic book movie. I mean, X-Men came out in 2000 and that's what kind of re-energized the comic book, you know, the idea of a comic book movie. Um, But I mean, it it wasn't that solid of a movie. I mean, it was pretty kind of basic and didn't, you know, it wasn't really until X-Men 2 that series really came together either. Um, So for me, this was the first like epic comic book movie like since like the original Batman, um, you know, that was really just, it was like, everything was great. I mean, it had, it had some like iffy special effects, especially like looking at it now, like (laughs) the dummy, the dummy. Yeah. 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 Um, But I mean, but other than that, I mean, yeah, it's, it was, it was just, it was so cool. It was, you know, the story was, uh, was legit, you know, like it was, it was heartfelt and, and, um just yeah i mean um yeah i mean we wouldn't have probably a lot, any comic book i mean marvel you know iron man probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this you know movie i think this is what really solidified uh comic book movies proved that they could be good they could make money um and um and yeah so and yeah and toby mcguire yeah i mean he'll always be the you know my spider-man although <clears throat> I'm not really one to choose. Like I like them all. Right. Uh, like I like all the Batman's. I like all the Spider-Man's. I think they're good in different ways. Um, especially Tom Holland. Cause I do like that. He's actually young. And so you get that sense of like a young kid being Spider-Man and he's just having fun. And he, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, Tobey Maguire's is much more heavy, um, hearted as far as like the troubles of being spider-man and whatever and that, and that's great uh you know i i love that um but it doesn't but it is missing some of that joy as well and so i like that tom holland does that so i you know i i i think there's room for for both um so yeah um but yeah i mean it'll always be when i think of spider-man the first first thing is toby mcguire um and and yeah so i do think spider-man 2 is is the better movie um but again yeah you can't have that without this one doing a lot of the heavy lifting and for being a lot of setup and introduction it's still a very solid picture i mean you've got a really good villain with willem devoe willem uh defoe as uh green goblin and you know then then you got the harry um Osborne uh, character and Mary Jane. And there's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of the emotional stuff that, that really solidifies in part two is, is here just not quite as strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's, you know, only because it is the the first and, you know, 
the setup but uh but yeah i mean i i remember seeing this in the theater i mean this was the event i mean well this and i mean the star wars episode two came out that that's that same summer um and so that was kind of but i mean i think i think even this was even more for me anyway i think even more exciting um you know kind of a, event to go see well and talking about x-men uh, I'm, you know, 100% Wolverine 100% of the time. So I, li- I I'll always like that movie, but that when you go back to watch that movie, it's, um, it has a different feel than a lot of our comic book movies nowadays and the ones after yeah. it have. Yeah. Like it yeah. feels like a, uh like a drama <laughs> instead of an adventure or an action thing yeah you know it 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 in the awkward pining over <laughs> the girl yeah. who you just met but yeah 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 i mean it's not a bad movie I, mm-hmm. I, you know, um I, I i like x-men but yeah it is it is just it's not you know as strong as, as strong as this one is mm-hmm. for sure um so but yeah i mean i yeah I, I liked i liked it quite a bit i still do um yeah this is definitely one that, that holds up um so yeah good one all right well moving on uh my number five and like i said yesterday my my five are you know, my like solid, like what I think are the best movies of 2002, as well as my favorites. So, um, so starting with my number five, my number five is uh, Lilo and Stitch, um, with an IMDb rating of 7.3, uh, 86% tomato meter, 77% audience score, 73 meta score, uh, directed by Dean Dubois and Chris Sanders, screenplay by Dubois and Sanders, based on the original idea by Sanders. Uh, the movie stars Davi Chase, Chris Sanders, Tia Carrera, David Ogden Steers, Kevin McDonald, Ving Rames, Jason Scott Lee, and Kevin Michael Richardson. Of course, those are all voices. Um, and um, yeah, I don't think we need the long one. I'm just going to go with the short one here. Uh, a young and parentless girl adopts a dog, quote unquote dog, from the local pound, completely unaware that it's supposedly a dangerous scientific experiment that's taken refuge on Earth and is now hiding from its creator and those who see it as a menace. Um, and um, I talked about this one on my Disney, um, my top 10 Disney animated movies. It was my number two. Um, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. Um, but um, the critic consensus is edgier than traditional Disney fare. Lilo and Stitch explores issues of family while providing a fun and charming story, uh, which is pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I this yeah this was another one. I, I went and saw this in theaters um, several times. There's a lot of the times I'll discover a movie that is just so like I just love it so much. Like I want to take everybody I know to go see it. So like I took my mom to see it. I took my dad to see it. Um, you know. Uh, on you know on separate occasions um and 
In fact, my daughter was born right before this movie came out. And this was the first movie she went and saw, even though she was in her, uh, you know, car seat carrier thing, like two weeks old or whatever. She was, she was a couple months old, I think at the time, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's such a well-made movie. It's, you know, as far as animation goes, it's beautiful, you know, the Hawaiian scenery and, um, uh, but mainly, I mean, uh, the character of Stitch is just a brilliant creation that um, I still love to this day. Um, it's just such a fun character. And uh, and the whole, you know, story of friendship and family and, uh, you know, it's just got everything. It's funny. It's heartwarming. Um, it's great to look at. Um, yeah, like I still, I, you know, I watch this with my my boys who are eight and how old are they uh or seven seven and uh, seven and almost nine um so uh but uh but yeah and, and they and they love and they love it um we've watched it several times um together it's just yeah it's just one of those classics that still holds up so uh what are your what are your thoughts yeah, I I didn't watch it until several 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 years later. In fact, I don't think I watched it till Disney Plus came out. And you probably said that last time, but it still I, I don't know yeah. surprises me. My daughter loves loves it. She has Stitch pajamas right now that nice are her favorite. But yeah, I don't. It's good. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a a trend going around on TikTok where guys are doing the Disney like princess or female character random generator thing, mm-hmm. and they go through it and they say, "Well, I'm gonna go until I hit someone who I leave my wife for." And several times the characters in this movie, they're like, oh, yep, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it it's fun. I still don't understand the whole, I, sa- I'm, I sound old. I don't, <laughs> is it an alien? Is it made? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, well, it's a it's an experiment. It's a it's a creation, so it's uh, yeah, it's man made. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's it's alien made. So it's, it's alien. It's an alien, but it's like it's a alien creation, creature thing. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. And I think isn't there a live action something in the works? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I guess. They have to. They have to. Re, they have to live action all of the great Disney movies, animated movies. But uh, which, I mean, I suppose out of out of all of them, I mean, this this one might not be so bad. Um, live action. Um, you know, because there's a lot that you can explore if they do open the story up. You know, like they like they do in some of them. Um, well, it- depend on it, but. 
Yeah, it's probably the first time, too, where Disney, you know, kind of like on Moana, where they used all um, people from that the cast background matches the characters are voicing. That happened on this, too. Not as much, but probably the first time for Disney. Yeah. If I think about it. Yeah. So yeah, I need. I don't know. I need to just sit down and watch it again. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I definitely recommend. It. I mean, I've I've seen it several times, and I still I still watch it again. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's easily rewatchable, highly entertaining. So, yeah, it's one of those that never gets old for me. I, Yeah. Well, this is definitely going to be a downer for my number four. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, for the rest of mine, probably. Uh, my number four is Frailty, a 7.2 on IMDb with a tomato meter of 75, an audience score of 78 a Metascore of 64, directed by uh, Bill Paxton, written by Brent Hanley. The film stars Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey, Powers Booth, Matt O'Leary, Jeremy Sumter, Lucas Q, and Levi Kress. Uh, Roger Ebert gave this movie four out of four stars. Um, FBI agent Wesley Doyle is startled by the declaration of youngster Fenton Meeks about how his father's delusions require him and his brother Adam to become his demon-slain murder accomplices. But when Doyle accepts to be shown concealed victim graves, the plot twist in the present just as gruesome so this was on my twist ending list yeah and this is um also before Well, that's right. Well, yeah, as as before McConaughey's big rom com stint. Yeah, that it's kind of hard to to see what he came from because before Frail, I mean. Rain of Fire came out in 2002 as well. Um, before that, you have Ed TV, Newton Boys, Contact, Amistad, A Time to Kill, um, Angels in the Outfield, Days and Confused. So 
It's funny how he got stuck in those rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. Is well, that's a... how it happens. I mean, he was in one big one that how, how to lose a guy in 10 days. And then after that, he, yeah. you know. But I, I love his performance in this. Well, everybody's. Um, yeah. Of course, the twist is that, you know, Matthew McConaughey goes into um, the FBI agent Wesley Doyle's office and like, hey, I have a story to tell you. Because you're looking for the serial killer who's taking out all these people, and he's like, "I I know how it started, and I know who you're looking for." And from your eyes, um, there's there's two sons, one who's 100 with the dad, and the other one who's not. That doesn't one that has the same yeah skill <laughs> who's able to touch someone and uh, quote unquote see their sins and the other one who doesn't and who's not quite on board and for the whole movie you think matthew mcconaughey is not on board like he's trying to stop his brother from continuing to do this and after he gets Parabus into the cemetery, it flips and he's the guy, he's the son with the power and Powers Booth has been a very naughty boy and he takes him out and come to find out the other brother is obsessed with this trying to stop it. Yeah. Um, Directed by Bill Paxton, also starring Bill Paxton. It's it's one of those great movies to kind of a sleeper, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's a great movie. Um, I haven't seen it since back then. It probably would fall into probably one of my top 10 best like legit best of 2002 i just haven't seen it um i i was gonna watch it for this list and didn't get around to it it didn't um so it didn't make you know my it was on my you know again list of movies that i had to choose from that I, you know uh you know that are either greats or fa favorites and um but yeah it's it's definitely a unique movie um expertly directed i mean bill paxton does a phenomenal job um yeah i do remember being blown away by the ending uh but also just being wrapped up in the in the film itself and the story um and uh yeah i mean I, I like i said i haven't seen it in a while so i can't really speak too much on it um i think i had the same problem or i know i had the same problem last time when you brought it up but uh but yeah it's definitely one of those movies too though even though i haven't seen it in 20 years uh, it still sticks with me. Like I, I, I can remember bits and pieces of it, and the overall feeling of the movie, the overall you know reveal and the story of the movie. Um, you know, but you know, I, if I was to sit and pick, you know, like if you were to try to 
ask me about the movie, I can't really explain too much because I can't remember any specific scenes per se. Um, but yeah, it is one of those movies that just kind of sticks with you, or at least it did with me. Um, and yeah, so it's definitely, definitely a strong film. I highly recommend it. I look forward to watching it again. I've, I've, I've got it on at least another list, um, if not more. So I will eventually get to to revisiting it. So it's on, I'm looking forward to it. It's on HBO Max. Nice. I think I own it too, but but it is nice to have that uh, easy accessibility. All right. Well, I'm going to bring us somewhat back up um, with my number four. Um, which is about a boy uh, with an IMDb rating of 7.1, a uh, 93% tomato meter, 55% audience score, and a 75 meta score, uh, directed by Chris Weitz and Paul Weitz, uh, screenplay by Peter Hedges and Chris Weitz, based on the novel by Nick Hornby. Uh, the movie stars Hugh Grant, Nicholas Holt, Tony Collette, Sharon Small, and Rachel Weitz. Uh, 12-year-old Marcus Brewer lives with his chronically depressed single mother, Fiona. Both Fiona and Marcus beat to their own respective drummers. Marcus will do whatever he can to make his depressed mother happy, even if it causes himself grief. As such, he realizes that he is perceived as different than most This is a little long, but um, as even the self-professed weird kids don't want to hang out with him as he is the target of bullying. Part of the taunts against him are the fact that he sings and speaks to himself without even realizing that he is doing it. Meanwhile, 38-year-old Will Freeman is a slacker who has lived comfortably off the royalties of a song written by his deceased father and as such has never had to work a day in his life. He is a solitary man who places himself as the first and only priority in life. He comes across the idea that dating single moms meets his selfish carnal needs. It is in this capacity that Will meets Marcus as one of Will's, singer, sing, Will's single mother conquest, Susie, is friends with the Brewers. Trying to escape his life, but wanting Will to date Fiona, Marcus infiltrates Will's life, much to Will's chagrin. Will slowly begins to realize that Marcus is more than just a nuisance, but rather someone who needs some guidance navigating through the trials of adolescence and the trials of dealing with a suicidal mother, and perhaps he can be a small part of providing that direction. Conversely, Marcus may be able to show Will the path to becoming a real adult. Um, and um, real quick, the critic consensus about a boy benefits tremendously from Hugh Grant's layered performance as well as a funny moving story that tugs at the heartstrings without tilting into treacle so yeah and that's actually what I was going to say is um or part of what I was going to say is um what's great about this movie is it follows once again it follows a somewhat standard plot of a selfish man who learns to be less selfish and a, a young boy who kind of learns to have some confidence in himself. Um, neither of those are, are are even remotely original. However, the film is in the sense that it doesn't follow along traditional lines. Like at the end of the movie, neither kid or, or neither character is changed drastically. Um, they're slightly better off, but but you know, there's no big major, um, you know. Uh, thing um and uh as far as Hugh Grant I was never a huge fan like Four Weddings and a Funeral is one of my favorite 
romantic comedies. It was, you know, it was on my, it was, I think my number three, two or three on my nineties romantic comedy list. Um, so I was a big fan of that movie, but not, not necessarily Hugh Grant himself. Like I, um, and it, it wasn't until this movie, um, in fact, um, cause before that, you know, then he went on to do like nine, nine months and just kind of, kind of easily forgettable comedies, um, that were, you know, he was always this ultra sweet, likable guy. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was, it's not that I didn't like him. It just, it, it just, it was, it just seemed very redundant. It was just, you know, you knew what you were going to get, you know, Hugh Grant was being Hugh Grant. Um, and then this movie came along and I just, I saw Hugh Grant in a totally different light, even though he's, he's not really that different in this movie. Um, but, um, he does have a sharper edge to him and he's very funny and charming and likable and, and dislikable all at the same time. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, the movie itself is just, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's not serious, but it's got a lot of serious moments and serious elements to it. Um, so, you know, it's not overly set, sentimental in any way. Um, and so, you know, I, I like I like that they don't like flatten out, you know, uh, Hugh Grant's edges at all. You know, he's not a he's not necessarily a, a likable guy. Um, and so I, th and I, th I think it's perfect that they have somebody like uh, Hugh Grant, you know, who is so immensely likable playing it because it does allow you to like him regardless of the fact that he's not that easily likable. Um, and then, of course, Nicholas Holt uh, has gone on to, you know, do many, uh, many things yeah. turn out to be a, a phenomenal actor. Uh, and and, and I, it doesn't surprise me from this. I mean, his role here, I mean, he's incredible. Um I mean, he doesn't, he, he's, he's a cute kid, but he doesn't come off as a cute, you know, an overly like cute, like kid. Um, he feels very genuine, like real, like a real kid. Um, and I liked him, you know, the, the, the dynamic between, you know, Nicholas Holt and, um, and Hugh Grant. Um, yeah, I, but it's also a very funny movie, you know. It's, uh, and it's also like a huge leap from the you know the guys that directed it were the same guys that made American Pie, um, which was also I mean it, it was a raunchy sex comedy, but it also had you know heart, and that's what you know that's I think what made that movie so successful is it wasn't just um, you know sex jokes. It, there was a lot of heart. And you really cared about the characters. Um, and so it's not that big of a surprise, um, you know, that they would be able to handle something like this, but, uh, but still, it's not what you would expect necessarily, um, from, from those guys. Um, but, uh, yeah. And Nick Hornsby is the same guy, the guy that wrote the book, uh, also wrote the book high fidelity, um, that, that movie was based on, which is, I, I love that movie too. Like he's got a quirky sense of humor and I've read, both of those books i haven't read any of his other books um but i read both the books and they're they're very much like the movies of course high fidelity was originally set in london not um chicago they transported it and they were originally going to do the same for this um and have uh 
I don't remember what uh, George Clooney, I think uh, they, they were going to have George Clooney play it, which I mean, that would have been okay, but I, I think this is a better, um, maybe not better, but I liked, I like this movie. I like that they, they went with Hugh Grant and, and did it this way. Although yeah, George Clooney is just as likable and could have easily probably pulled, pulled off the same feet that, that Hugh Grant did. But, uh, but yeah, and the, the title is actually because the book is set in the early nineties. Uh, the book is actually a play on the Nirvana song about a girl. Um, in the book, uh, the character of Will uh, teaches Marcus uh, about music or something through the through Nirvana. There's something to do with like Nirvana, and he that they you know whatever, and so that's where the title comes from. So <clears throat> anyway. That's all I got. What are your What are your thoughts? Have you seen this? No. 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 That's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is. I just that it's four ninety two. Um, I saw I saw it a lot. It popped up a lot researching this list. So I I don't have an excuse. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. I, yeah. Yeah. Certain movies just pass you by. <clears throat> you, you don't get a chance to catch up with them. But yeah, like, again, I, I would recommend it. I think you'll enjoy it. <clears throat> yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. Maybe if we ever do a Hugh Grant list or something. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Excuse me. Well, my number three was Blade Two, which was stolen. So now it's going to be John Q. A seven point one on IMDb. 24% tomato meter with a 78% audience score and a 30 meta score. Directed by Nick Cassavetes, written by James Kearns. Movie stars Denzel Washington, Kimberly Elise, Daniel E. Smith, James Woods, Anne Heche. Robert Duvall, Ray Liotta, Eddie Griffin, Sean Hodesy, um, Ethan Supley, Kevin Connolly, and uh, several people as themselves Jay Leno, Larry King, Ted Demi, Gloria Allred, Bill Maher. Ariana Huffington. John Quincy Ultrabold's son, Michael, collapses while playing baseball as a result of heart failure. John rushes Michael to a hospital emergency room where he is informed that Michael's only hope is a transplant. Unfortunately, John's insurance won't cover his son's transplant. Out of options, John Q 
takes the emergency room staff and patients hostage until hospital doctors agree to do the transplant. Huh. So I had I had a different kind of reaction to the movie when I first watched it. Like I enjoyed it and I empathized and all that, but now that I have a little kid, it's that much more eye-opening. And the healthcare system 20 years later still isn't even better. So, <laughs> but um, the powerful thing about this movie, according to critics, was Washington's performance. And I don't, I guess they didn't like anything else. Um, one of the complaints is they hit you over the head with the message. And so, yeah, maybe, but um, the message wasn't received, so maybe they did, maybe they didn't didn't go far enough. Uh, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I really like this movie. Um, I I seen it once uh, in theaters when it first came out. I haven't seen it since. It was on my to rewatch list um and didn't get around to it um so but yeah i remember enjoying it i i, I do understand because uh, i remember you know after seeing it reading the critics responses and i mean i do agree to an extent i can see it is overly sentimental it's kind of like a wish fulfillment kind of thing like you would you know you kind of wish you know somebody would just go in and like you know force you know you, you want to see that you know you know, you want to see him and his son win and, you know, and get the transplant and stuff. And, you know, um, so of course, you know, you, you, you root for that, but at the same time, you know, it's, it is kind of, you know, um, forcefully, uh, done, but, uh, but yeah, again, only having seen it the one time, I do remember really liking it. Uh, you know, I mean, <clears throat> It was very emotionally powerful, and I'm sure now having kids, um, I would have you know the similar feelings um, that uh, that you have. Um, but yeah, because I mean, I enjoy a movie like this. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it is obvious, and I and I realize that as I'm watching it, like yeah, this is you know, I mean, of course, it's easy to make you root for somebody like in this kind of situation when you've got a dying kid and like whatever and. Um, <clears throat> But I, I fall for it every time. Like I just I, I enjoy, um, you know that that sort of wish fulfillment kind of thing. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I said, but yeah, and I do remember Denzel Washington. But I mean, Denzel Washington is always he's another one of those actors who is incredible in, in anything he does. So so yeah, I, I, th this was like my number one. Like if I had if I had one more movie to get to watch and maybe I should, if I, if I had thought about it, I probably would have watched it last night, but um, yeah, if I'd had one more movie to watch um, that this was going to be it. Like I, I, I do want to revisit this. So I may still do there's, that. There's, there's another one is between this and another one to use 
for my backups and the other one I hadn't seen ever and I didn't get a chance to watch it so I'll mention what that one is after we're done yeah yeah I doubt I doubt it's on my list but yeah just just in case mm. um so all right well, speaking of which um on to my number three um which I've also uh, spoken about before uh, my number three is Minority Report, uh, which has an IMDb rating of 7.6 uh, with a 90% tomato meter, an 80% audience score, an 80 meta score, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, screenplay by Scott Frank and John Cohen, based on a short story by Philip K. Dick. Uh, the movie stars Tom Cruise, Colin Farrell, Samantha Morton, Max von Sydow, Steve Harris, and Neil McDonald. Um, in the year 2054 AD, crime is virtually eliminated from Washington, D.C., thanks to an elite law enforcing squad pre-crime. They use three gifted humans called precogs with special powers to see into the future and predict crimes beforehand. John Anderton, played by Tom Cruise, heads pre-crime and believes the system's flawlessness steadfastly. However, one day the precogs predict that Anderton will commit a murder, murder himself in the next 36 hours. Worse, Anderton doesn't even know the victim. He decides to get to the mystery's core by finding out the minority report, which means the prediction of the female precog Agatha that might tell a different story and prove Anderton innocent. So, yeah, I had this. This is my number one on my Tom Cruise. Um, and. Uh, yeah, this probably would be my number one as far as my the um, if I was picking the, my favorites like that, I enjoy the most. Um, and maybe even what I think is the best, it would be a, a tie as far as best is between what I actually have at my number one and this one. But um, as far as pure entertainment, I mean, this is this is definitely, I mean, it's one of Tom Cruise's best, it's one of Steven Spielberg's best, uh, which is definitely saying something. Um, it's just, it's got such a complex plot. It's It's got great action. I mean, it's it's similar to the Bourne Identity in that sense of, um, in, in a different way, but as far as having a, a very strong, story a strong central character and also great action and you know uh it's it's you know and, and it's on specific universe um but uh yeah and this is another one that I, I you know i can i can watch several times and i and i still get caught up in the mystery and the whole even though i know how it plays out it you know i still get caught up in all the intricate details and how it all unfolds and and you know, and also again, just getting caught up in, in the world that Steven Spielberg uh, creates. Um, you know, this futuristic landscape that's um, not really—it's not as in your face as like something like Blade Runner. Um, you know, it's just kind of matter of fact. It's just the world that this, these characters happen to live in, but it's just—it's it's very specific and it's very detailed. Um, and. And so, yeah, there's lots of little cool little details and stuff like, you know, when he goes into a store and that they specifically, you know, it's going to, it was kind of uh, predictive of kind of how things are now, as far as like Facebook, you know, can hear you. And that now it's like all the ads are kind of tailored um, to you and stuff, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, but basically, you know, at, at, when you get down to it, it's, it's just a fun, entertaining thrill ride from beginning to end um it's it's a it's it's a perfect movie to me um and yeah i, I love it so 
what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is, I had this 15 or so. I think where uh, maybe where um, our robot failed with um, being able to stand the test of time. This one overly succeeded oh, on good, some yeah. some of the um, I mean, they have cars going up buildings and, and driving X, X and Y axis and that kind of stuff. Um, also really like the, the eye surgery mm -hmm. uh, moment with um, the devil. Yeah, yeah the russian russian yeah. actor yeah, we know what he looks like but we don't know what his name is um yeah, <laughs> yeah. peter it's, something yeah but yeah but that's a good point though it, there, there's a lot of and, and that's the way with a lot of great movies especially sci-fi it's all in the details like there's a lot of little details in this movie because you don't need that scene specifically like you could you could easily you know get from point a to point b that 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 scene is trying to get you to without that but there's it takes its time showing that and showing him you know going to the fridge with the string and like all those little things you know like him in the bathtub and the spiders which is its own you know great scene of suspense and stuff and just like the whole movie is just just full of those um but but i wouldn't say it like stops and slows down for them it's all i mean it's it's, it's all mm -hmm goes pretty fast like it's 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 all a part of a, a whole big long roller coaster ride but it throws in these little extra little bumps along the way um that for me make it you know fantastic like it's just yeah and and, and it also shows tom cruise's dedication because the the bathtub scene with the air bubbles mm -hmm. steven spielberg was going to cgi that and tom cruise learned how to do it himself yeah like, okay overachiever <laughs> yeah that um, and i don't know they it it, uh, it also shows Tom Cruise, Steve, Steven Spielberg's love just of movies because they both waive their salaries mm -hmm. to keep the budget too. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I Peter think that, Peter Stormare. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy's name. Um, but yeah, and 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 that shows in you know you you can sense that love, you know of the film in the film you know and i think that's a lot of these movies um that achieve are you know passion projects or you know um you know because only when you care do you do you take the time to to have that those details and and you know go the extra 
mile that this the film does to deliver. So. Yeah. Is that it? That's all. Yeah, that's that's all I got. All right. Well, my number two. Ooh, is Monsters Ball a seven point one on IMDb, tomato meter of eighty five percent, with an audience score of sixty seven percent. And a meta score of 69. Directed by Mark Forster, written by uh, Milo Attica and Will Rokos. The film stars Billy Bob Thornton, Halle Berry, Taylor Simpson, Heath Ledger, Peter Boyle, uh, Yazin Bay, Asmos Def, and Sean Diddy Combs. Halle Berry won Best Actress. Uh, at the Academy Awards for this film and Roger Ebert gave it four four stars and said it was the best film of the year. Set in the southern United States, Monsters Ball is a tale of a racist white man, Hank, who falls in love with a black woman named Letitia. Ironically, Hank is a prison guard working on death row who executed Letitia's husband. Hank and Letitia's interracial affair leads to confusion and new ideas for the two unlikely lovers. So I, I think the only complaint I can give, which really isn't a complaint, is tough Diddy has no business being in this movie, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did okay. Um, but. Yeah, he's more of a distraction. Um, yeah. But yeah. Everybody else, though, is just. Well, but Hallie won the Academy Award. Um And this is coming off of uh, whatever that other movie is. Gosh, dang it. Sling Blade. Mm. Not, well, not directly, but I mean, Sling Blade was only a few years before. Yeah. Yeah, I say that he did a lot of movies in between. Never mind. <laughs> but I mean, Billy Bob, Heath Ledger, Peter Boyle, they're all great in among themselves separately. And they all did great here. It was. Is another one of those kind of like um, uh, what did I have? 
it's kind of like Roach Perdition, except not as much. Like I, I watched it maybe three or four years after it came out. I think originally. Yeah. And there's just, oh, there's just so much going on. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I know it's a great movie. Uh, very powerful. Um, this is one of those that it could go either way. Like I, I consider it a 2001 um, mm. movie. Um, so it didn't um, even come across my radar. It probably would be one of my top 10 as far as best movies of um, 2001. Um, but um, um, but yeah, but other than that, um, but yeah, it's yeah, I mean, I, I concur everything you said. I don't really have anything much new to add. I haven't seen it in several years either. Um, but again, it's one of those movies that kind of sticks with you. I do remember quite a bit about it. Um, and, uh, you know, like the scene, like where Heath Ledger, spoiler alert, where Heath Ledger dies. Um, yeah. You know, that's, you know. In a, in a very... In... <laughs> graphic yeah. way yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely that's definitely unforgettable um and yeah it's just it, it's one of those like just great character you know uh movies um no i very, didn't know it was produced by lee daniels i didn't know that either um but i didn't know who lee daniels was until right many years after this so the butler um, <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah a little bit before that i think but i don't I, I can't off the top of my head think of the movie that um that he did that uh but anyway um but yeah and billy bob thornton is is phenomenal um in this movie i think well i mean you, you brought you brought up sling blade and i mean it really is uh, i mean a good connection and really like in between this and sling blade Billy Bob Thornton kind of played a lot of like, I don't know, um, goofier characters, um, you know, and more mainstream stuff. This is more to that return to that type of movie, that type of character. Um, and so uh, by that, you know, by then I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that Billy Bob Thornton was, you know, was a, was a great actor that he, you know, um, he'd kind of become a personality. Uh, which I enjoy. I mean, I like him. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of a, you know, uh, a re-revelation, if you will, or whatever, um, seeing him again and kind of, you know, just being blown away by his performance. And yeah, like you said, I mean, everybody's just great um, in this. It's, it's yeah, like I said, it's a very powerful movie. I definitely highly recommend it. Um, yeah. Yeah, great. I mean, great movie. Again, another one I I, I need to rewatch. Re um, but um, all right. Well, switching gears again a little bit. I'm not going to say mine's much of an upper necessarily, but um, a little <laughs> bit than that. Um, my number two is Eight Mile. Mm. Uh, with an IMDb rating of 7.2, uh, with a 75% tomato meter, 54% audience score, and a 77 meta score. 
is directed by Curtis Hansen, screenplay by Scott Silver, uh, stars Eminem, Brittany Murphy, Kim Basinger, Mackay Pfeiffer, Evan Jones, Omar Benson Miller, Eugene Bird, Taryn Manning, Michael Shannon, and Anthony Mackey. Uh, the setting is Detroit in 1995. The city is divided by Eight Mile, a road that splits the town in half along racial lines. A young white rapper, Jimmy B. Rabbit Smith, summons strength within himself to cross over these arbitrary boundaries to fulfill his dream of success in hip hop. With his pal Future and the three one third in place, all he has to do is not choke. Um. So yeah, uh, it's basically. I mean, it's a it's a very loose kind of autobiography of um. Eminem. I mean, it's not really an autobiography, but it's it's a very loose, like kind of based on his uh life um in a very small sense um i mean some of the things uh some of the details are exactly correct um like the character of future is based on his best friend proof there is a, a real place called the shelter um where they would do the rap battles and stuff like that um so like that is all kind of real the um some of the stuff with the mom and living in the trailer park and stuff like that is um real to to some extent but a lot of it as far as the 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 details of you know the mom and and the character that eminent plays are completely you know fictional um and he definitely went out of his way to you know he didn't want it to be a, a biography he wanted it to be you know a, a fresh character um and uh but yeah it's still it's it, it it's 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 a great story um like uh kind of a it's, I wouldn't even, it's not even really a rags to riches but just just kind of like an underdog you know success kind of thing almost like rocky in the rap world if you will um but uh but it's it's greatness is in in a lot of the details um as as well um you know, you, I mean, Eminem is in every scene of the movie, his character. I mean, the, the movie is, is about his character and his life. And, you know, it's a, it's a very rich character study. Um, and um, yeah, I just, it, it paints a vivid picture of that, of that place, that time that, you know, um, that cult, that culture, uh, like all of it, it just, it feels very, very real. And, um, and yeah, I just, I like it quite a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm, I enjoy hip hop. I've been a fan of Eminem and, you know, um, that kind of stuff. So of course I, it, you know, it more specifically, you know, speaks to, to me, like I, you know, I, I enjoy this movie, um, more because obviously I'm a fan of the music and, and whatnot, but I think even setting that aside though, I still, I think it's a, it's a rich story, um regardless i mean it could have been about a country stinger which i'm you know not a huge fan of country but um but if it you know if it had been a story about a country singer i would have enjoyed it just as much um because it's not uh so much about the, the type of music but the passion and the the journey that this character goes on um in fact i i didn't even know or i didn't remember michael i didn't know michael shannon was in this movie uh, until I rewatched it, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's that's yeah. Michael Shannon." Um, 
And I think I think I'd heard um, after, you know, because I didn't again, I didn't know who Michael Shannon was until several years later. Um, after seeing having seen this movie, and I think I remember at some point, you know, knowing that he was in this movie, but it'd been, it had been I hadn't seen it in a while because I've seen this. This was another movie I, I saw a lot, after, you know, when it first came out. Um, and so hadn't seen it in a while. And so I, when I watched it again recently, I was like, oh, my God, Michael Shannon, that's crazy. And he looks the same. I'm like. This was like yeah. 20 years ago and dude still looks like Michael Shannon. Like, um, but yeah, and Kim Basinger is really good in it. I mean, you know, you're so used to seeing her so glamorous and whatever, and she pulls off, you know, quote unquote trailer trash um, pretty, pretty accurately. Um, I think she gives a really good performance. Um, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I guess uh, Eminem improvised a lot of his lyrics um, and even would change the lyrics in the rap battles so that it would, you know, be spont 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 uh, spontaneous, <laughs> um, you know, and, and have that kind of real realistic feel to it. Um, and uh, the reason Eminem, because Eminem actually like dyed his hair back to his natural black uh, for this role and the director had him do that to differentiate, you know, that it was, this wasn't Eminem. This was, you know, a different character. Um, Be rabbit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the DVD made 40 million in its, on its first day of release, um, a record at the time for an R-rated film. And with a 51 million opening weekend, at the time it was the second biggest debut for an R-rated movie. And I guess, and I think I mentioned this before, um, but uh, the movie Southpaw with Jake Gyllenhaal mm -hmm. uh, was actually supposed to be kind of, a, it was originally considered like an unofficial follow-up, like not really a sequel, but just like a uh, follow-up for Eminem. Like Eminem was going to star in um, Southpaw. Um, but um as time went on um and, but even shortly before the film because it was it was it was talked about like i think 10 years before like because the movie came out in 2015 i think originally like it was like 2005 or 2006 like it was going to be eminem's next movie and it just never you know because he got like between his drugs and recovery you know like and whatever and and focusing on music he just never was able to do it and so finally in 2015 he was like, I, I'm, you know, he officially was just like, no, I can't. And so Jake Gyllenhaal stepped in and took it over. So I, I, I would have liked to have seen Eminem. And it just just to see him in something where he's not him, you know, he's not even remotely someone like himself. Is, you know, I think it would have been. <laughs> is that the one where his wife gets shot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. a good that's a really good movie yeah it is it is a really good movie i've only seen that within the last two or three years yeah mm -hmm. yeah i've only seen it the once uh, again when it shortly after it came out um but yeah i need to, I, and i don't think at the time i knew eminem was good i'd, I'd like to rewatch it just with the idea of eminem playing the character um in my mind but yeah that, i think that would have been would have been cool but but I love Jake Gyllenhaal too, and he was he was great. So, 
Uh, but anyway, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I love I love the aspect of him. I mean, at the end, he takes the power away from Papa Doc by here's all the stuff you're going to say about me. Yeah. And I'm going to say it first. And guess what? I know you're just a rich kid. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, you're fake. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. a very crowd pleasing scene. Um, <clears throat> very satisfying. <clears throat> yeah. And Eminem, I mean, he's a great actor in it. I mean, he, he does show some talent, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a, as a performer. <clears throat> That's why I would I would have liked to have seen what if 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 he could pull off, you know, something else. Um, well, and he's back to natural now, and unless he's not, maybe he's gray, <laughs> and he's dying in brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's quite possible. He's like fifty. So. I think he just turned fifty. So. Yeah, but he's, I mean, yeah, he's still well within the mix, especially after last year's Super Bowl halftime yeah. show. Yeah, well, and he was just inducted just, just this last week. He was just yeah, inducted. Yeah, the, the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, which, I mean, you know, he may still turn up in some acting. He actually said after this movie, though, that he didn't he didn't want to do anything else. Um because it was just so draining. Um, but like I said, he was in every scene of this movie. I mean, this, you know, I mean, it was probably the most draining experience an actor could have. I mean, for, especially for a non-actor to, to go from not acting to being in every damn scene in the movie, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, um, but he obviously softened on that a little bit with, with the idea of being in Southpaw. So you never know, he might, you know, <clears throat> show up in something else one of these days but yeah i mean he has a, he has appeared as himself um <laughs> a couple of things i know he was in funny people yeah and there, there was some other movie like like that, that he was more <laughs> recently but i can't remember what it is but um wasn't he in the interview the interview yeah that's that's what it was yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, he kind of poked fun at himself in that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also saw a interview with him where he's so he's so oblivious to the amount of money he has. Mm-hmm. Where he'll he calls his accountant and be like, "Hey, can I buy this watch?" And they're like, yeah. of, "Of course you can." Yeah. <laughs> And then he he buys that kind of stuff and just has it, just yeah. has it in the closet or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just for the Which, satisfaction of knowing he can he can purchase it. I well, and I like that because he he doesn't. Uh, I don't imagine he has like a hundred Rolexes. I think he has the one he wants, and he doesn't spend money because he doesn't want to spend money. He just yeah. He seems pretty down to earth. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and yeah. No, no, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, especially, especially, yeah, I, I do too. And especially like you've got all these rappers who like are entrepreneurs and stuff, and like he could easily do that. And what does he do? He opens up a, a mom's spaghetti restaurant in you know Detroit. You know, like I think that's kind of cool. You know, like yeah. So. Good one. Good. Well, I. Where's that? Uh, I had that right at twenty. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. I got my number one. Which I've talked about at least once, maybe twice. It was on one of my all-time favorite movie lists. Mm -hmm. And it is The Count of Monte Cristo. A 7.7 on IMDb with a tomato meter of 73%. An audience score of 88% and a meta score of 61. Directed by Kevin Reynolds. Based on a novel by uh, Alexandra Dumas, with screenplay written by Jay Wolpert. Oh, mm. The film stars Jim Caviezel, Guy Pierce, Christopher Adamson, Henry Cavill, Dagmara uh, Demasichk, Richard Harris, and Louis Guzman. The Count, uh, that's a funny first. <laughs> the Count of Monte Cristo is an adaptation of the Alexander Dumas tale by the same name. Dante, Dante's, a sailor, is falsely accused of treason by his best friend, Fernand, who wants Dante's girlfriend, Mercedes, for himself. Dante's is imprisoned on the island prison of Chateau d'If for 13 years, where he plots revenge against those who betrayed him. With help from another prisoner, he escapes the island and proceeds to transform himself into the wealthy Count of Monte Cristo as part of his plan to exact revenge. So back my my first job i was there from basically 2000 till about 2005 and i was talking with a coworker about my top favorite movies and at that point in time of course i rattled off shawshank and godfather and and he's like count of monte cristo dude i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> 
and I watched it. And I'm like, yeah, of course, yes, that's that has to be in the conversation. Um, also, having I just now made the connection that this also kind of has the um, Les Miserables vibe going on with um, the revenge coming back as a different person type of thing, but I I was a big Jim Caviezel fan and I put um, he was a guy around this time, maybe 2005 I'm like, I need to see everything he's in and then and later on he i think he did he was more into tv um but of course he played jesus for mel gibson um he was in that uh that radio movie frequency frequency um the passion of the christ frequency Pay it forward. Pay it forward. He was the um, the guy who was going to off himself. GI Jane. Oh, he was in Wyatt Earp. He played one of the younger brothers. Um, Bobby Jones. He played Bobby Jones. Um. I don't. I I liked him. Oh my goodness! The Passion of the Christ Resurrection is in pre-production. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Twenty years later. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think he has all that uh, uh, amount of range. Particularly, whereas people like Guy Pierce and Henry Cavill and and those guys do, mm-hmm. um, which Guy Pierce is—he's one of those guys that he's so great, but it's kind of like. Um, Uh, Bones in Star Trek. Hmm. What's that actor's name? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> he's 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 in so many movies that you don't realize he's in. Uh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Guy Pierce kind of feels like that because he's and and. Iron Man 3, he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right? And he yeah. plays what, Killian something. It's almost it's almost like a dual role. Because he's yeah. this, this scientist who can't walk and he's all scraggly looking and then he has this thing and, and, and he's buff and tall and handsome and all that kind of stuff. And of course... Henry Cavill is Superman. 
another Superman. Yeah. But any, especially for me, this is a, this is one of the movies that I can relate to having. I've never been slighted anywhere close to this. Yeah. But I like the bad guy getting theirs. Yeah. In this way. And in, in just so yeah. obnoxiously well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's so personal. Like, the, you know, like, because the villain's his best friend or starts off as his best friend or seemingly, you know. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's such a great great story yeah go ahead yeah this would have been this would have been in my top 10 definitely my top 10 favorites um if not top 10 best films of the year um yeah this this is definitely one that stands the test of time um i've seen it many times over the years it's it's another one that still you know no matter how many times i've watched it i still get caught up in it i still enjoy it um yeah i mean i pretty much I, i agree with everything uh you said um i love guy pierce um i i too like am, am not a huge like jim caviezel fan per se but i do i like him here i think he's perfectly cast in this role um because he's got that kind of sweet like all shucks kind of charm to him that you know every man um innocent kind of thing uh which is obviously perfect for this role um and then i don't think you mentioned or at least much richard harris yeah, so Richard Harris as the preacher guy that you know, the guy in the prison that helps him to escape is. I mean, I I just I love Richard Harris. Like, he's just he's he's somebody that I I, I came across very late, you know, in, in his life, um, with Harry Potter and Gladiator, um, and um, and this, um, but he's just such a likable guy, um, and uh, especially here um like i think my favorite scenes in the movie are are between richard harris and and jim caviezel in the in the prison um but uh but yeah um yeah the film just plays out so perfectly like it's just it's it's um it there's not too much detail and there's it, it doesn't lack any detail it's like every every scene is just a perfect piece of the puzzle you know as it as it continues on it's a story of of revenge um and uh and yeah so and when like yeah so once you get to the end and and he finally gets his it's just such a satisfying moment um but you also enjoy every minute along the way once he starts on his revenge especially um you know with when you know meeting up with the the pirates or whatever the you know and meeting the louis guzman character and the way those those guys all kind of become part of of his plan um or you know help him um yeah it's just just great um in fact i have a personal connection with this uh it kind of happened uh recently um because uh being a, a long fan of this movie um i uh my 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 girlfriend um is, is like this is like one of her like favorite movies or whatever and um it's one of the first movies like we watched together and um and so um a little while ago i actually like semi proposed to her like by tying a uh i used a ribbon but like tying a you know a ribbon on her on her finger 
um, more of like a promise more as opposed to an actual like engagement. But mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of, you know, whatever. So, cool. yeah. So, so yeah, I definitely have a, a fondness, especially now, even more so for this, for this movie. So, but yeah, it's a good one. All right. Well, I guess that leaves my number one, um, which was also on my top 10 all-time favorite movies list. Um, and my number one is Adaptation uh, with an IMDb rating of 7.7 .7, uh, with a 91% tomato meter and an 85% audience score and 83 meta score directed by Spike Jones. Screenplay by Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman, uh, based on the book The Orchid Thief by Susan Orlean. Uh, the movie stars Nicolas Cage, Meryl Streep, Chris Cooper, Tilda Swinton, Jay Tavare, Doug Jones, and Curtis Hansen. Um, while his latest movie, Being John Malkovich, is in production, screenwriter Charlie Kaufman is hired by Valerie Thomas to adapt Susan Orlean's nonfiction book, The Orchid Thief, for the screen. Thomas bought the movie rights before Orlean wrote the book when it was only an article in The New Yorker. The book details the story of rare orchid hunter John LaRoche, whose passion for orchids and horticulture made Orlean discover passion and beauty for the first time in her life. Charlie wants to be faithful to the book and his adaptation but despite LaRoche himself being an interesting character in his own right, Charlie is having difficulty finding enough material in LaRoche to fill a movie, while equally not having enough to say cinematically about the beauty of orchids. At the same time, Charlie is going through other issues in his life. His insecurity as a person doesn't allow him to act upon his feelings for Amelia Kavan, who is interested in him as a man. And Charlie's twin brother, pretentious Donald, has moved into his house with the goal of also becoming a screenwriter. Despite not admiring Donald as a screenwriter, Charlie asks for his advice. Together, they feel that there is some interesting subtext in the book on which Orlean herself can only elaborate, if only Charlie has the nerve to talk to her. If she can't or won't elaborate, they may have to find out the meaning of that subtext on their own. So, <clears throat> what's fascinating for me about this movie is that it's like a movie within a movie, uh, like... Like Charlie Kaufman is a real character. Like the guy who wrote the movie is Charlie Kaufman. And so, and he's really adapting the orchid thief. So part of the movie is that there's scenes that show, you know, this LaRoche character and Susan Orlean, um, you know, Susan Orlean played by Meryl Streep and uh, LaRoche played by, um, what's his name? Uh, Chris Cooper. Um, and uh but that, but a lot of the movie is, it, I mean, the main character of the movie is Charlie Kaufman himself. Um, and the movie is basically about him writing this movie. It's because um, like he ends up, you know, writing himself into the movie in the movie, but that's what he, that's what Charlie Kaufman has essentially done here. Um, and so, um, and then, and also like Charlie Kaufman is kind of this, I don't want to say pretentious, but he's somewhat like he, he, he sees himself as, you know, a, a serious artist and, um, and Donald, his, his twin brother is your typical Hollywood kind of screenwriter wants to, you know, just, 
uh, write something that's going to make that's going to sell. And so, um, but what's funny is the movie ends up all these things that Charlie, the character of Charlie Kaufman, like hates about movie, like all these like you know action scenes and you know unnecessarily plot twists and all this stuff, like ends up be, being a part of the movie. Um, and so it's just it's just a lot of fun. And and again, um, I mentioned uh, yesterday on on my number ten, talk about Hollywood ending, like movies that you know involve Hollywood um are more interesting to me um as a fan of movies um this one is 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 very much so um but uh in in a different way um because it's more it's more subvertly uh done um and you know you're, you're almost seeing like you're seeing the making of a movie that is the movie you're watching so it's like it's 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 a really weird interesting unique um experience uh which charlie kaufman does i mean he um you know also did uh you know being john malkovich eternal sunshine of the spotless mind um confessions of a dangerous mind which was which also came out in 2002 which i watched um again which almost made my list um with sam rockwell um playing chuck barris or whatever the creator of the gong show and the dating game and stuff which supposedly he was a hitman and that's a weird funky movie too and um and yeah and i mean there's just so much so much i love about this movie i could go on and on but i've already talked about it so i'm gonna try to wrap it up but the last thing um is that i don't have anything to say so you're okay, okay. well nicholas cage because right. uh, nicholas cage is just phenomenal. He pl playing two roles um and just cr creates two distinct characters um without a whole lot of makeup effect or anything but like just the way he performs and it just you know he he it, it, it's a lot of his mannerisms and stuff i mean it's it's a it's a great um bit of acting um and uh definitely helps i mean it's just it's all of a whole uh making it a very unique experience um and uh the fun thing and i think i mentioned this last time but uh donald kaufman is not a real character he doesn't exist in real life um it's basically like an id or whatever of charlie coffin himself it's like his other you know his, uh giving into his baser instincts or whatever um but he actually credited donald kaufman as a screenwriter on the movie and and donald coffin who doesn't exist was actually nominated for an academy award for the screenplay um, so I thought that was kind of a fun, you know, for this kind of movie, that's just the, the kind of icing on the or cherry on top or whatever you want to call it for, you know, a uh, story of this movie. Um, so, but yeah, it's just, just such a pleasure to watch in so many ways. Um, and it looks like there's all sorts of, um, character actors too doug jones maggie jenna hall judy greer mm -hmm. ron livingston brian cox yeah so yeah and katherine keener plays herself because she was in being john malkovich um but uh she's in some scenes where she's actually like hanging out with donald and um stuff so yeah it's <clears throat> yeah i still haven't it's still on my watch list 
Yeah. I don't I can't explain that. It's on Hulu, so it should be quick for me, but Yeah. Well, I think we're hopefully gonna do Nicolas Cage sometime soon. So maybe then you can finally see so pretty yeah. And Tilda Swinton looks almost unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just because yeah, I'm so used to seeing her as like weird characters, it's it's different to see her probably how she really <laughs> mm -hmm. really looks but uh yeah that's that's really all i got so huh. if you want to go down your list and go ahead and read your backups and everything yeah all right and uh do you have any guesses on what oh your theme was yeah um, okay, so let me see. So not in, I, I don't know that I wrote them down in order, but I've got, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So you've got Gangs of New York, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Bowling for Columbine, Road to Perdition, The Born Identity, Spider-Man, Frailty, Blade Two, Monster's Ball, and Count of Monte Cristo, right? Mm -hmm. Those are your 10. No, and I mean, especially Bowling for Columbine really throws me off because I'm just like, the, you know, because some of them have to do with like death or like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I don't know, like, or revenge. It's a little, it's a little overthinking, right? <laughs> yeah, so I don't, yeah, so I'm just like, I don't know what um, overlapping theme um, we've got here. Um so, because I was like, well, what if there's an actor that's like in everyone or or some sort of, I don't know. Anyway, no. Well, so it's, no. Not, well it's not necessarily a theme, but um, I'll go ahead and reveal it now. You'll, I think you'll catch on. Um, tab. Oh, wrong button. Okay, number one, The Count of Monte Cristo, released in January. Mm. Number two, Monster's Ball, released in February. Number three was Blade Two, released in March. Okay. But I went with John Q, which was released in February. The movie that I hadn't watched that I would have preferred to use was The Pianist. Mm. Number four, Frailty, released in April. Number five, Spider Man, released in May. Yeah. Number six, The Born Identity, released in June. Number seven, Road to Perdition, released in July. Number eight, Bowling for Columbine, released in October. Number nine, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, released in November. And number 10, Gangs of New York, released in December. And you know, I, I just ha happened to come upon that. Yeah. You know, I, that actually occurred to me yesterday, and I kind of forgot, but then... I thought I thought Road to Perdition and Born Identity both came out in June, so that's why it threw me off. I was like, "Oh, okay, never mind." Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, anyway. Well, these these are they're all the wide release, not like yeah, yeah. initial release. They're all the wide release. Yeah, no, but I, I do think you're right. I think yeah, you're right. Road to Perdition did come out in July. I just for some reason I was thinking June. <clears throat> 
So anyway, so I, yeah. So what do you got in your backup? Oh, um, I had uh, Confessions of a Danger Mind, John Q, uh, The Pianist, uh, The Sum of All Fears, Minority Report, Reign of Fire, Signs, Cabin Fever, The Transporter, Eight Mile, and Equilibrium. But then I had a couple like backup backups. <laughs> The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and Super Troopers. Nice. All right. Well, my top 10 movies of 2002, I have number one, Adaptation, number two, Eight Mile, number three, Minority Report, number four, About a Boy, number five, Lilo and Stitch, Number six, Blade Two. Number seven, Signs. Number eight, Red Dragon. Number nine, The Emperor's Club. And number 10, Hollywood Ending. And on my backups, I had Murder by Numbers, uh, Catch Me If You Can, 25th Hour, Blood Work, Triple X, Gangs of New York, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Big Fat Liar, Spider-Man, Road to Perdition, and Barbershop. Well, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Kind of a good mix there. <clears throat> so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I, all the movies that we named, both on our backups, your, your backups and our, our list, uh, yeah, I... I I don't think there's anything I, I disagree with. I think all of them are good to great movies that I that still I still enjoy. Um, what um, have you seen, The Pianist, and what do you think about it? It's 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 good. Um, I, I it's yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's obviously it's heavy. very serious and <laughs> very heavy. Yeah, very heavy. Um, well, well done. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a minute. So I don't, again, you know, I don't remember specific details about it, but I do remember it being, you know, a very good uh, film. I would recommend it. It's another one well, I probably need to rewatch. Um, it's the highest rated of anything we've each talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, I mean, I still, I don't know that I would even put it as like in my top 10 best movies personally, but it, I mean, it definitely is a, a great film that, you know, you should, I, I would recommend watching at least once, but uh, especially for Adrian Brody's performance. Um, yeah. And he, I, I watched uh, one of his recent movies for 2022 and it, and I really liked it. So he's kind of a chameleon sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do like him. He's yeah. He is a very interesting actor. Um, I do enjoy watching him and so. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode as we discussed our top 10 movies of 2002. Uh, please let us know what you thought um, of the movies we chose. And if you thought maybe we missed out on anything, uh, let us know what movies you would have liked to have heard about. Um, and um, 
we will uh, talk to you next time. See ya.